Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Elizabeth Gonzalez James, author of the debut novel, Mona at Sea. Elizabeth, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Sure. Well, if someone hasn't yet heard about your debut novel, Mona at Sea, how would you describe the novel? I would describe it as a dark comedy set during the Great Recession about a young woman who loses her job on Wall Street and then has to basically figure out what she's going to do with the rest of her life. And do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to writing Mona at Sea? Yeah, I started writing it in 2011, and it was loosely based on or inspired by my own experience of long-term unemployment during the Great Recession. I went back to school for an MBA, and I graduated in 2008, um, in the winter of 2008, just a few months after Lehman Brothers collapsed and Countrywide and all these other firms. And I started looking for a job in 2009, and I applied to between 300 and 400 jobs, and I didn't get anything. I couldn't even get a part-time receptionist job. And so... um. I And then I got pregnant, and then I found myself staying at home with a baby when I had thought I was going to have this finance career. And I started writing the novel partly as a way to maintain my sanity while staying home with a baby, and partly as a way to kind of um, work through all of these frustrations that I had about the thing that I had just gone through. That experience of long-term unemployment was the defining moment of my adult life. It completely changed the trajectory of my entire life. And so the novel was inspired by that. And I guess this is a personal question. Are you right? Are you working now or are you just writing as a, a novelist? I am a full-time novelist. Yeah. I never did go back to the workforce for a variety of reasons. I mean, one was that I didn't think I would be able to make enough money to pay for childcare. Sure. And another was that I was lucky enough that my husband was able to get a job that could support the family. And then I, I started having kids. And so, you know, somebody had to stay home and take care of them. Sure. Sure. I'm I'm curious, had you written fiction before you wrote Mona at Sea to kind of deal with this uh, personal experience and frustration? Not really. And I don't have an MFA. I had written a couple of really bad short stories. Um, I was actually most interested in writing a screenplay. I took a screenplay writing class in college and I really wanted to do that, but screenplay writing is hard and I could never, <laughs> I could never get more than about, you know, five to 20 pages into a script before I was like, no, nah, this is too hard. I can't do it. Um, and when I had the idea for Mona at Sea, um, I, I think I, I might've noodled around with the idea for a second about making it a, a script. And then I thought, no, that's too hard. I know I'll write a novel. That'll be easier. <laughs> and of course, the joke's on me like 10 years later. Uh, you know, the book is finally out, but it wasn't easy. <laughs> it wasn't and, easy and at so, all. So so what 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 was that process like for you? I mean, obviously you you, you know, 
as you said, you briefly toyed with the idea of writing as a screenplay, rejected that and, and worked on it as a novel. But what was that experience of writing your first novel? Yeah, I had to teach myself how to write a novel by writing a novel. And it was a lot of um, process of trying something, failing at it, um, reading a lot of other books, other novels and seeing what worked and what didn't and, um, and reading craft books. And I, because I was staying home with kids, I didn't really have the opportunity to go out and take classes very much, but I, I took like an online class through Stanford continuing education. And, um, I took a one, a one day class at the writer's grotto. And so that was really helpful. Um, and I, I had, uh, I think I had a rough draft. I would say it took me about a year and then it took me a few more years to rewrite it and correct all the huge mistakes I had made in the rough draft. Like I originally started out with a hundred pages of backstory, which like you should not do. <laughs> um, and I finished it in 2015 and I got an agent and the agent sent the manuscript out on submission and it went around to 40 to 45 editors and everybody loved it and nobody picked it up. <laughs> the feedback we got was, it's hilarious. I love it, but I don't know how to market it. So I put it in a drawer and um, I was sad, but I didn't give up. I thought, hey, you know, I'd never written anything before. And I got pretty close to publishing this after my first attempt. So I started writing a second book. And Mona went in a drawer for the most part. And I would send it out every now and again to small presses and contests, not really expecting anything. And in 2019, I submitted it to the Santa Fe Writers Project Annual Literary Awards. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. And to my complete shock, I was named a finalist and they offered me a publication contract and I said yes. And it took two years, a little bit of COVID delays in there, but, um, but now it is finally out. It's been 10 years from first word to available in stores. Wow. Do you think that if you had known that 10 years ago, would you have still written it? That's a really good question. Probably not. I, I'm pretty impatient. I'm incredibly impatient, actually. So yeah, if you had told me 10 years ago that it would take 10 years, I, I would have said, no, thank you. I'll do something else. <laughs> so are you working on a new novel now, or have you written more novels since you wrote Mona at Sea, given the, the lengthy path to publication? I am working on my second novel, and... um I am hoping to go on submission with it pretty soon this fall. And so I have to um, get done with the fourth draft, which is what I'm, I'm currently working on. Yeah. 
That's great. Well, what trends are you seeing in Latinx literature right now? And who are some of the authors that you're most excited about? Trends? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know that I'm seeing trends necessarily other than I think, I hope publishers are starting to wake up to the fact that Latinx literature can be speculative. It can be, um, it, it can, it can be all these things. Um, it doesn't have to be, uh, like identity politics kind of, uh, or trauma narratives, um, things that, that I, I feel like publishers have pushed, um, in the past. So the writers that I'm really excited about, I just read Velvet Was the Night by Sylvia uh, Moreno-Garcia. I read The Rock Eaters by Brenda Peinado. And um, I read The Dangers of Smoking in Bed by, um, oh my goodness, she's an Argentinian writer and I'm completely blanking on her name. I feel really bad. But that was... (laughs) Anyway, those were three books that I read this year that were fantastic. And I'm just so excited by all the weird and wonderful and so um, insightful writing that I'm that I'm seeing by especially Latina writers. I, I tend to read mostly women. And the the three uh, books that I just named are are just they're some of the best books that I've ever read. And like, they all came out this year and it's, it's just stunning to me just how much talent, uh, these other writers have. That's great. Well, what, what writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories and novels and might be sitting down like you did to write a novel out of frustration? The writing advice that I would give and it's I'm going to paraphrase from Henry James, but he said, try to be a person upon whom nothing is lost. And I take that to mean that he what he's saying is move through the world with your eyes open, with all five senses open, um, and then put that into your writing. So don't just tell me what the scene looks like or what the character is thinking and feeling, but tell me how does the chair feel that they're sitting on? What does the room smell like? Um, how does the, uh, the, um, what are the ambient sounds? All of that stuff. Um, but also I take it to mean move through the world with your heart open as well. Have empathy for people. And, and then put that empathy into your work. Uh, one of the writers that I really love is George Saunders. And I think one of the reasons that his writing connects so deeply with people is that he genuinely loves his characters. They're very flawed people, and sometimes they do awful things, but he always has empathy for them. And then the reader feels that empathy too. And it's just a really beautiful quality in humans, you know, uh, uh, and so I think like moving through the world with more empathy is good advice, not just for writers, but just for (laughs) everybody. 
And so I, I just, I love that quote. And I try to, I try to always do that to be a person upon whom nothing is lost. That's great. Well, where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your debut novel, Mona at Sea? So I am on Twitter and Instagram, and my handle is the same for both. It's uh, Unfem James, U-N-E-F-E-M-M-E-J-A-M-E-S. And I'm on, I have a website, ElizabethGonzalezJames.com, and that's Gonzalez with a Z. That's great. Well, again, we've we've been speaking with Elizabeth Gonzalez James, author of the debut novel, Mona at Sea. The novel is on sale now, so go buy a copy. And Elizabeth, thanks for doing this interview. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Great. Thanks a lot. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.